You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, we are just so glad that you're here with us today on the final day of the month of May. Where did it go? It just went by so quickly. Uh, We're glad you're here. I'm your host of the show and the lead correspondent over at AHLReport.com. My name is Amy Johnson, and I'm joined each and every week in the studio by my wonderful co-host. He's our president, founder, and editor-in-chief across all of our Rocket Sports Media publications. And he is Rick Stevens. How are you doing today? Good afternoon. Um, You said it in the the last of May. Yeah. And uh, unseasonably warm here in Pennsylvania. I'm going to speak in Fahrenheit for a moment. Uh, oh, it's 92 no. here today. Degrees. So 33, 34. It's, it is hot today. 18 in Montreal Celsius. 8 in Winnipeg. <laughs> I would take that. <laughs> Our poor friends in Winnipeg. Our poor friends in Winnipeg. The summer will come and it will come... Oh, it- um, you know, without any warning. August 18th. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it gets warm in Winnipeg, as Patrick Williams will tell you. Well, and Patrick Williams is going to join us on the you show will. today. Mm-hmm. Um, in a little while, he's here for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. And oh boy, do we have some exciting things to talk about. Before we get there, though, uh, we're going to get you caught up on things going on with the Laval Rocket. Um, as they get set. Yes, that's right. Uh, they are one of just four teams still playing hockey in the AHL. Uh, They've made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So we are going to get you all caught up on what the latest is with them. Kind of do a very brief preview of their matchup against the Springfield Thunderbirds. Uh, And then um, in the second segment, when Patrick joins us for the AHL Hot Stove, we'll go a little more in-depth with a bigger, broader look scope of of the series against Springfield and of course the Western Conference series uh uh final as well um and in the first segment we're also going to speak to uh just give you an update on what Kent Hughes had to say today in his comments to the press uh as they begin their week in Buffalo at the NHL Combine so uh lots of fun today lots to talk about let's not waste a moment not a bit um after winning in very dramatic fashion, <laughs> very dramatic fashion, winning the division uh, finals 
for the North Division last week, uh, triple overtime for Laval. Uh, but John Sebastian, John Sebastian D, uh, with the series clinching goal in triple overtime against his former team, I might add, uh, catapulted the Laval Rocket to the Eastern Conference final. And because the spacing of time between the two series, J.F. Full said, you know what, guys, you've earned a bit of a break. So they had three or four days off, actually. Uh, had had a long weekend uh, off last week. Uh, didn't, didn't do anything Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So they were back at the rink practicing on Monday. Uh, and Rick, it's kind of nice the way it looks like they're going to, they're practicing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they're going to leave uh, normally they leave the day before a game in normal circumstances. In this case, they're going to go out to Springfield two days before the game. They're going to leave on travel on Thursday, practice in Springfield on Friday, and then have game one on Saturday. So um, it's pretty exciting. To, to have just four teams, that it's that close. The Calder Cup is, uh, is, is that close, and Laval is the Laval Rocket are part of that grouping. Um, and it, it is. And so, uh, I think a smart move by Jeff Wool. um, you know, rest the horses, recharge the batteries, use whatever kind of analogy you want. But, um, now, uh, as of, as of Monday down to business practice, uh, get there early. Um, Patrick Williams is going to tell us that, um, Stockton, uh, Similar, similar thing um, that uh, they flew in. They're going to fly into Chicago early. Spend a couple of days practicing mm-hmm. there before their game one. Um, but with all this this time ahead of of uh, the first game on Saturday, might as well make good use of it. Absolutely, um, it's it's really ex- it's very exciting. I mean, um, who'd have thought? Back in uh, back over the summer, when it was announced that Jean Francois Ou was going to be the next head coach of the Laval Rocket, that we'd be sitting here on the last day of May, uh, talking about the fact that he uh, is still in the process of coaching his first season with this organization and this club. Uh, it's been a it's been a pretty fun run uh, up till now. Um, and and we as I've as I've said, he's he's got uh, his team uh, peaking at the right time. They're yeah. they're playing. Um, um, a, a style of play that uh, frustrates the opponents. Uh, it's it's very much a pressure game in the face of of the opponents all over the ice, and they can do that because uh, of their team speed. Um, and it's 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 helped out uh, the defense. It's helped out uh, goaltending. Um, and uh, now, all with all that said, they've been. They've been playing against teams that were kind of finished in the in the the ballpark of them in the standings. Now it gets a little bit tougher because um, Laval finished out of the top ten in the regular season. Um, they're going to be playing Springfield, who who played uh, who finished seventh overall in the AHL, uh, with the the possibility of playing one of the top two teams. Um, in the AHL, either Chicago or Stockton, as that's the the Western Conference series. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a whole new gear that things have to switch into. Um, when Louis Belpedio, defenseman Louis Belpedio, spoke to media um, yesterday, uh, he he mentioned um, he talked a bit about part of the thing that he feels has really given Laval 
uh, their success in this offseason. It's, uh, it's, it's funny. It's one of those things that we've heard J.F. Hull talk about. In fact, we even mentioned it a bit last week on the show about not giving up uh, and learning their lessons. Uh, and, and here's what Belpedio thinks has been one of the keys to their success. I guess not just in playoffs, but like throughout the year, you know, there's times where we were down and fought back and won. Like we never really feel like we're out of a game, no matter what, like there's no, there's no giving up. Like that's just not, not in our locker room at all. Um, you know, we're a positive group and we know no matter what situation we get ourselves in, you know, we have the group and, you know, the character to climb out of it. That game in uh, Rochester, for example, like, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Um, but just being able to balance that out and, you know, fight through and come out on top. I think that's what impressed me the most with our group. I think it was last week that JF Wool talked about um, learning how to play against adversity, mm-hmm. experience adversity during the season and how to dig, how the team learned to dig its way out of that. And, and that those were valuable lessons for, for the playoffs. And, and uh, that was echoed in, in that clip. Absolutely. Um, so today, uh, in in his press availability, I asked uh, J.F. Uhl, uh, kind of a, a, a two-part question. I wanted his assessment of, as as you mentioned, Rick, this is kind of a this is kind of a, a whole new game now playing uh, teams that are, as far as when you look at the regular season standings, teams that that were well ahead of where Laval finished. So you're looking at a different caliber of team uh, in terms of their production, in terms of their makeup, in terms of how they're coached, et cetera. Um, so I asked, I first wanted JF's assessment just of the Springfield Thunderbirds and what kind of a, an opponent uh, they present for the Laval Rocket. But coupled with that, up until now, you know, they've been playing the the Syracuses and the Rochesters and, and could have been playing against Belleville or Utica, teams that they see a dozen times or more throughout the season. In this instance, they only played Springfield twice in the regular season, once at home and once on the road. Uh, and they split that, that, that two-game regular season series one and one. They won one in overtime and they lost a game. Um, and so I asked JF, you know, not only... What what is Springfield presenting you as an opponent? But how does it change how you prepare yourself and you prepare the team when you're about to go up against a, a team that you only played two times in the regular season? And and here's how JF explained all of that. Yeah, Springfield, you know, uh, they're really good offensively. We have to limit their chances. Uh, they're they're skilled players. I've experienced, which is a little different from Rochester. I don't see them getting frustrated as much as uh, Rochester maybe did because of their experience. So, but we, we have to be hard on, on, the, on their skilled players. We have to limit their time and space and turnovers for us is going to be a key in this, uh, in this series. I think it's important for us to make sure we, uh, we get pugs deep on them. Um, and uh, you know, it, it's a good team and they're playing well defensively too. Like they have a lot of goals, but they, you know, they, they're, they're very deep on the fence and they have uh, two good goalies. So it should be a pretty good matchup. As far as a team not playing, uh, you're right. We haven't played. We only played them twice compared to the other teams that we played all year. We've been doing a lot of video on them. I think we have a pretty good grasp on the, what type of players they have and how they play. Um, you know, they, they had success in their division. They finished, uh, you know, well above other teams uh, in their division. So, uh, you know, they are dangerous. They're, they're, they're dangerous all over. So, uh, you know, we just got to play sound defense uh, against them. So 
interesting comparison there in that um, Rochester coming into the series was an offensive powerhouse and uh, the Rocket were able to shut down, uh, as, I, as I described and, and as Jeff Gould described, um, by uh, you know just suffocating them. Um, and the frustration came from their offensive um, uh, strength came from their younger players, mm-hmm. Peyton Krebs, J.J. Paterka. Whereas that it's a little different with Springfield in that, as he said, uh, their their offensive-minded players, uh, Matthew Pekka, Will Bitten, um, are are vets, so they're not as likely to to get to to, to experience that same frustration. Um, you know the 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 offensive vets for Rochester, Michael Mersh, was out of of the lineup. The other part of it is that um, that Rochester didn't have the goaltending, let's say, to carry them through the the series. Uh, that's not going to be an issue with Mm-mm. with Springfield. Uh, you notice that that JF will didn't mention their goaltending. Um, you just uh, said they have two good goaltenders too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they are superb, both of them, uh, and have been um, uh, a huge factor in in uh, where uh, Springfield finds themselves. Uh, it's going to be uh, when you, when you and again we're going to talk about the matchup against Springfield a little more in depth here a little later into the show. But when you look at their lineup, they've got uh, some pr- some pretty pretty tough customers uh, in terms of um, danger in scoring, good defense, um, good goaltending. Yeah, it's they're they're kind of a complete package. So uh, it's going to be this is going to be a different kind of task for the Laval Rocket. Um, and any any Rocket fans or folks who are now following the Laval Rocket who don't follow the AHL regularly throughout the regular season may think that, I don't know that you would say that it's been easy for Laval to get to this point. It's, it's not. It's the playoffs. Um, but there's times that Laval has made it look easy because they've had some games where they've been very dominant. Um, this is going to be a very different series, I think. Um, and uh, Springfield is not a, a, an opponent that you can let your guard down even for a minute. Every shift is going to count. Uh, so it's uh, and you can tell that JF uh, is is aware of that in how serious he was in in that response. Um, one of the areas that he hasn't had to tweak very much, not only in the playoffs but in the regular season, has been the back end. Uh, his defense has been structured in a way that's been very effective for him and has been a very good defense throughout the whole season. Um, some updates on the back end, however. Gianni Fairbrother, finally, after almost two months, is ready to return to gameplay. He is healthy again. Uh, he told me this, uh, JFL told me this morning, he's ready to play. Uh, he says... He's toying with the idea of going 7D again, if that's the case, that Fairbrother would slot in there. But he's also keeping the option open that he might take one of his, if he doesn't go 7D, that someone might come out in order for Gianni to to go in and play, which would be terrific. Um, Again, not just for what Gianni Fairbrother brings to a a defense, but also getting another prospect into the lineup. so we'll have to wait to see if that's going to be in game one or not. I, I would hope that maybe it is. Um, the bad news is Matthias Norlander, still injured, is out for this series. Uh, J.F. Uhl confirming that uh, the injury that took him out of the end of the last series uh, was a little more serious than they um, 
it's an upper body injury that, that was it's it's just a little more serious than they had originally uh, projected. And so he will not be available in this series, which is unfortunate. Um, so I asked uh, this morning at this morning's press availability, um, one of the defenders who has been very relied upon and has been in the lineup a lot for JFL this year is Toby Paquette Bisson. And so I asked Bisson um you know, even though Matthias Norlander isn't playing right now, if he could give kind of his his view on not only how much Norlander was able to contribute in the games that he was able to play, uh, but just overall what the young defensemen and defensive prospects are bringing. Uh, and this is how he responded. Uh, well, I'm seeing them gain a lot of experience, uh, even if Maddie is out now. Uh, I think the, the games he played, he, he got better every single game he played. Uh, he played really physical. He was able to, like you said, we have a pretty good decor. We have a solid decor that is hard to tweak. Well, he was able to come in even as a seventh D and uh, make an impact and actually make a really good impact on the games. So even if he's out right now, I think he's gaining a lot of, of experience. Even the other guys that can see us go a long way. And uh, in the long run, for guys like that, seeing a team go far like that is they just gain experience. They see how it works to go far and I think in the future it's going to be really good for these young guys. He's always quite enthusiastic, isn't he? He is, and I was I I liked I liked how he said you know he came in as a seventh D made an impact. Actually, he made a really big impact. <laughs> I liked that. Yeah, and and to be fair, it, it took uh, Norlander a game or two to uh, to to look comfortable out there. Um, but after that, uh, certainly Norlander brings something different. Uh, than than what the the rocket currently have, I mean uh, it's a it's a well the, the team skates well all of them, but uh, the way he moved the puck, the way he was, uh, um, you know it's it's kind of like a, a Sammy Niku, um, but plays a little bit better, uh, more physical as as uh, Bison said. Um, so it it, uh, it it's it's going to be tough to have him. Out of the lineup, but um, but as you said, these are the 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 folks that are in there now are used to playing um, with each other, and uh, and they've been the ones who've who finished out the regular season and and have been uh, carrying the minutes in the in the playoffs so far. Absolutely. Now there are other new faces and young faces around the locker room. Uh, Riley Kidney now has had a few uh, practices under his belt after joining the team on an ATO, an amateur tryout last week. Uh, we actually, uh, timing is so, such a funny thing, isn't it? Uh, literally minutes after our press conference, our press availability with JF Uhl finished this morning, the announcement came out that they had signed Joshua Waugh to an ATO. Uh, so, darn just missed the opportunity to be able to they act. had no idea it was going yeah, to happen like that it's it's such a shame that no we didn't know idea. that 30 seconds prior to that when we could have asked JFL about it funny how that works Joshua Wah member of the Sherbrooke Phoenix had a fabulous regular season played extremely well in the playoffs uh, but not well not good enough to keep the Phoenix uh in the Q playoffs that uh, they were ousted by Charlatan and uh, Charlottetown and and uh, so now available um, and was signed to, uh, as you said, an ATO. So when Riley Kidney signed his ATO a week or so, a week and a half ago, um, you know, the question was, of course, to JF at that time, is, is he going to get slotted in? And JF said, look, he's 
like kind of pump the brakes a bit. We're in the middle of the playoffs. Can't just throw the kid in there. Need to see him in some practices. So when I spoke to JF this morning, I said, okay, you've had a few practices with Riley Kidney now. Uh, what are you seeing and what are your first impressions? Here's how he responded. Yeah, no, uh, Riley's, uh, you know, very skilled player. Um, still a young player that's uh, that's trying to, to learn, but I think it's a great experience for him to be here. Uh, you know, in, in our playoff run, it's good for him to be in our meetings, good for him to be on the ice. Uh, he's a good kid, lots of, uh, lots of upside uh, in him. And, uh, you know, we, we keep monitoring it and, and see, uh, see what, what happens moving on in the, in the playoffs. So that doesn't sound like he's playing on, on Saturday. No, I don't believe <laughs> I didn't get that impression either. It was, you know, it's great that he's here and he's getting some experience he's in the meetings and he's know, getting exposure in and, the meetings. but I don't know that Riley Kidney's gonna, I, I think if some, uh, if there's an unfortunate raft of injuries that happen, maybe, <laughs> um, but I don't think it's going to be the game plan. So Joshua Wah is not going to skip the line either. And I don't, yes. Well, I would have loved to have been able to ask that this morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll have to just wait and see. Um, so as we said, Eastern Conference final series with Springfield, um, they are not a, a team to be trifled with. As Rick mentioned, they finished seventh overall in the league. Uh, they dominated uh, the Atlantic Division, uh, they've they've got uh, great players, young and veteran, up and down the lineup at every position. A um, couple of familiar faces. You mentioned a couple of them already. Will Bitten now plays for the Springfield Thunderbirds. Uh, Matthew Pekka now plays for the Springfield Thunderbirds. And and funny, Will Bitten and Matthew Pekka are second are, are tied for second in scoring for the Thunderbirds. Uh, in the Calder Cup playoffs so far this year with nine points each, uh, trailing only Sam Annis, who's just been a beast and has 13 points already. Um, of course, the other name is one of those two tremendous goaltenders that they have in that tandem, Charlie Lindgren. Um, I, I laughed the other day, Rick, you know, we saw the first half of the Charlie Lindgren revenge tour uh, earlier this year when he beat the Montreal Canadiens in an NHL game playing for St. Louis. Um, Charlie was also the goaltender in net when Springfield played in their one game in Laval this year, and that's the game that Springfield won in that two-game regular season series. So Charlie has beaten Laval once this year in the, in in that game. Um, and so now it's, it's I kind of had to chuckle like, oh, boy. Now is there going to be the motivation there to put his former team away out of the playoff contention? Um, it's going to be fun watching all of these former Montreal Canadiens. And the, the other goaltender, Joel Hofer, has been um, 1.51 goals against, 962 save percentage. Uh, it doesn't matter who they call on. They've got a couple of, of great goaltenders in Springfield. Sam Annis, uh, he's tied for the playoff uh the calder cup playoff lead in scoring in the ahl um springfield has three uh players in the top 20 uh laval just one uh that's danik martell at number 17 in the top 20 in playoff scoring so uh this is a tough test um and not, not to say that that laval's not up to the test they've been playing very yeah. well but just trying to um moderate expectations uh, as you said they had 
uh, relatively easy path so far, but I think things change now. Absolutely. And even behind Sam Annis, Wilbit, and Matthew Pekka, the next three guys in line for, for Springfield in scoring have all been dangerous against Laval this season. Uh, Mackenzie McEachern's one of them. Nikita Alexandrov, definitely. And Tommy Cross, always one to watch. Uh, so there's uh, it's it's going to be a really fun series uh, to watch for sure. Remember, now we move to a best of seven. We're done with the stinking best of five series. So this is going to go, could go for the long haul. And it is a 2-3-2 setup. It means there's going to be, although Springfield has home ice advantage, um, they get home ice for the first two games and the last two games if those games are necessary. So, um, you know, particularly if if Laval wins one of those first two games on the road this weekend, uh, they have a good chance then to use home ice to their advantage as games three, four, and five are in Laval. Um, so it's a it's a much different setup, Rick. That that uh, that two three two uh, the three games in the middle at home for the lesser seed is a huge advantage. As you, as you said, um, the the visitor just needs a split in in uh, the first two games. Um, and then, you know, has an opportunity to close out uh, the series at home. So, uh, and you know that uh, you mentioned the, the two games during the regular season, uh, both the visiting teams won in, in oddly mm-hmm. enough. Um, but the playoffs is a little bit different. We've seen what Plas Bell is like. And, and um, again, to repeat those three games um, a, a week from now, Wednesday, Friday, and, and Saturday in Laval are going to be huge. Absolutely, they are. Uh, in fact, uh, on the media call today, our friend uh, Patrick Williams was was on that Zoom call with me. He asked Jean-Sebastien D just to talk about how, they are prepa- how they've been managing the playoff schedule so far because it's been really wonky in that they play a bunch of games in a short amount of time. Then they've had times where they've had almost like an 11-day layoff. Then they have to play a bunch of games in a short amount of time. Now this time they've got another almost full week before they play. Uh, it's been a little it's been a little lopsided with with how the scheduling has been uh, laid out and uh, here's here's what D had to say about this series and and the scheduling and the playoffs altogether. Yeah, I mean it's not easy. Whoever makes the schedule, maybe he's gonna work on that next time because uh, you know it's uh, it's hard, especially uh, at this time of the year. You know, you get a little bit tired, and when you're in a momentum after a series, you want to keep playing. You know, so. I just got to, you know, take the positive out of it. You know, it's nice to get some rest and, you know, take some time with your family and friends, but um, just got to be able to, to regroup and go back to work. So, you know, don't see it as a negative. I think it's just use the positive point at this point. Uh, you just need all the best energy around the team. So, uh, no, I mean, it's been good. I think guys are excited to be back and uh, get to work and hopefully uh, get out of the round uh, with the win. So he talked in circles there, but uh, yeah, it, focus is is part of um, of what what you need in your toolbox for the playoffs. Focus and intensity, and being able to ramp it up on a minute's notice. That's that's a a, a test of of a playoff team, and and uh, um, yes, uh, you know that's that's and and it's the same for both both teams in this mm-hmm. case. So um, not an issue. So we are going to examine uh, this series and the Western Conference final series uh, 
a bit more in depth uh, coming up here in just a few minutes when Patrick does actually join us here on the show. Uh, before we before we wrap up this segment, however, Rick, uh, we also heard from Kent Hughes today uh, from his hotel room in Buffalo. He is there with uh, you know all of the Canadians uh, scouting folks and and development folks and so forth uh, preparing for the NHL combine which takes place this week back in buffalo um and he was asked about a number of things some of which had nothing to do with the combine of course um but he did have uh, there there were a couple of of significant points as far as combine and prospects and the draft are concerned um that he made that are that are worth noting I, and I think that the the reason he was asked those non-combine uh, questions is because it, it seemed rather odd uh, that, that he was um, uh, making time for a special press conference um, at the combine, um, you know, and so he was asked about Carey Price. He was asked about the negotiations with Marty St. Louis. Not much there to uh, to report on either front. But with respect to prospects, uh, there was a... There was a report out from a Russian reporter, Russian uh, website, uh, the Russian Express, the Russian Sport Express, um, that said uh, that uh, the information that they had received was that the Philadelphia Flyers and the Montreal Canadiens uh, would be avoiding picking any Russians in uh, the upcoming draft. Um, and that was one of the first questions asked to Kent Hughes, and uh, he said that was that was just false. Um, that uh, that they had, in fact, uh, as part of, of the combine, they're watching the physical test, but also having the opportunity to interview players. And uh, they uh, had interviewed a Russian player this morning. Um, so he, he uh, debunked that. Um, in addition, he talked about, um, you know, that... that it truly will be best player available. Lots of people uh, speculating that uh, they would lean towards choosing a center with their first overall pick. Um, he said, nope, best player available. Um, and said that, that they're willing to be patient. This is, doesn't have to be a player that's ready to play in the NHL next season. Uh, they want this uh, player to be able to have a, a good long career uh, and are not uh, interested in, in rushing him. Um, the other thing um, that, uh, you know, as far as the top picks, um, he said that uh, their meeting with uh, Shane Wright went very well. They were very impressed and that he's uh, a very intelligent and mature young man. All of that just means it's uh, it's it's an exciting, it, it, you know, the off season. You feel like the off season is officially kind of beginning when the combine rolls around because now... Uh, the scouts are seriously taking a look at at the top prospects in the draft. They're they're they're. He said, you know, we're going to spend the month of June really kind of planning and evaluating. And so, yeah, now's the time uh, when teams and GMs and and departments are going to be really mapping out who they're targeting uh, at the at the NHL entry draft. So it's it's pretty exciting, uh, and uh, looking forward to see what new developments come out of all of that. We are going to take a quick break here on the Press Zone, hear from our sponsors over at DraftKings. And when we come back, Patrick Williams will be joining us here in the studio for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. We're going to take a deep dive on the Laval Springfield Eastern Conference Final Series, as well as the Stockton 
Chicago Western Conference Final Series. So don't go anywhere. We'll be with you uh, in just a moment. You're listening to The Press Zone here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Are you looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, episode 258 of the Press Zone, if you're keeping track. Uh, we are so glad that you're with us here today. Uh, it may be the offseason for the Montreal Canadiens, but certainly not for the Laval Rocket as they continue on their quest for the Calder Cup, uh, getting set to take on the Springfield Thunderbirds in the Eastern Conference Final. Um, so... Lots to talk about with our friend Patrick Williams. He's not here yet. He's almost in the door. Uh, but uh, we want to make sure before he uh, gets in here and gets settled, uh, want to make sure that you're subscribed to the show uh, if you haven't done so already. Or maybe you're a newer listener uh, and, and haven't uh, subscribed yet. Just hit that subscribe button. We'll be here with you all summer long. Uh, there's no off season here for Rocket Sports Media on any of our publications, really, uh, and podcasts. Uh, you can go to thepresszone.fm to listen to any back episodes uh our entire uh 258 episode archive is right there for you uh also make sure you share this podcast if you hit that share button share it with your twitter followers or your facebook friends uh or on instagram wherever you want to share whatever your favorite social media platform is uh it's the greatest uh gift you can give to us is by sharing the podcast and and helping us to grow this community uh and also finally be sure you're following at the ahl report on twitter well we promised patrick williams was getting close to being in the studio and sure enough he's here he's with us uh patrick williams Joining us for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. Good afternoon, sir. We're so glad you're with, back with us again. Thank you. Uh, good to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Ushered in by angels. <laughs> Each and every week. Um, how uh, have you been? It's uh, playoff season. Good. Uh, we're. Uh, it's hard to believe we still have two full rounds to go. Uh, oh. Really, the end of May, and Amy, as you know, in this area, the weather is rather toasty at the moment. 
I just I just said at the top of the show um, that I'm speaking in Fahrenheit and it is 92 today in Pennsylvania. So, yes, yeah, that's, that's a little much for especially for May. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, I guess. A good, well, I mean, I guess the good thing for the lead is that, uh, you know, you're not looking at a Charlotte or an Austin, like, you know, a couple years ago. <laughs> I mean, that 2018 final down in Texas was, oof. <laughs> that was, uh, I think in Fahrenheit, somewhere over a hundred degrees for that week uh, that they were there. I remember they had to, they had a hard time with the ice because that very reason it's June, whatever it was, seventh in, Austin, Texas. <laughs> That's not ideal for ice conditions? Not ideal. Um, even through the magic of uh, technology, mm. creating ice in that environment is still a bit of a challenge. So, um, yeah. Well, the uh, the other thing that Rick and I spent a good deal of time talking about in the first segment was this uh, Eastern Conference final series that's on tap now between the Laval Rocket and uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds. I still have to keep literally telling myself they're not the Springfield Falcons because it almost comes out of my mouth all the time um, between the Springfield Thunderbirds and the Laval Rocket. Um, we know what Laval is bringing to, to this series, but on the flip side of things, um, you know, Rick set it up really nicely talking about how, you know, this is kind of a new caliber of team. This is a team that finished seventh overall in the league. Uh, they've got strength at every position, uh, and and just a, a completely different kind of of team structure, team composition, coaching, and whatnot. Uh, what can you tell us about the opponent that the Rocket are about to face? Uh, they're big. Uh, the blue line average is over six two and about uh, somewhere in the range of I think two hundred and six seven pounds. Um, and they're not just big; they they play with that nastiness. Um, you know, to the extent that that's an element in today's game, they have it. Um, Luke Witkowski, uh, who I think some Laval fans may be familiar with from mm-hmm. the Syracuse days. Um, sort of headlines that group. Tommy Cross is another one uh, concerning uh, play physical. And uh, they they certainly did that against Charlotte. Uh, I saw all three games uh, against Charlotte Checkers. And uh, that was, I mean, it was very clear that the, the message was, grind down that Charlotte Checkers uh, uh, group of forwards because pretty much every time you were saw a Charlotte player anywhere near the puck, uh, there was a body on them. And, you know, a lot of a lot of real chippy, nasty stuff in front of the net. Uh, Tyler Tucker uh, kind of really sticks out that way uh, for me as a guy that really sort of plays that abrasive, nasty type style uh, in front of the net. And, uh they're not certainly afraid to use a stick on a player in front of the net. Uh, again, to the extent that you know you're able to do that in this day and age, uh, they do that. And uh, then certainly a really experienced group of forwards: uh, Sam Annis uh, tied for the lead playoff scoring lead. Um, Matthew Petra, obviously a name familiar for Montreal Laval fans. Um, so it's a real good, well balanced group up front. And then obviously, we all know Net uh, one Charlie Lindgren and one. Uh, <laughs> The uh, goalie uh, who scored the goalie goal this year, Joel Hofer from uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, so, um, real solid group. There's not a whole lot of weaknesses anywhere on that roster, and uh, they've had a, a very solid season there with Drew Bannister as the head coach, and um, kind of really found their footing early on. And 
they've never had anywhere, I guess I would say, a major stumble uh, across the season, which is fairly rare, I think, in this league, with the, especially this year with the number of you know roster upheavals that we saw. Um, they were relatively steady from the get-go, so um, I don't think they're a group that's going to be kind of easily thrown off their game like Rochester was. Uh, this is a group that you know is pretty steady. Rick, I think that uh, it, hearing how Patrick first answered that reminds me of what uh, we were just talking about in the first segment about Riley Kidney's stature. Uh, so when Patrick says <laughs> the first the first thing about Springfield is that they're big and and they play a bit nasty, that doesn't sound uh, conducive for guys like Riley Kidney. <laughs> well, it doesn't, but um, it, it doesn't um, bode well for guys like Danik Martell either. <laughs> so right. it, it, it really the experience factor isn't isn't uh, isn't there. Um, it, it's it's going to be this is going to be a different kettle of fish, certainly for the Laval Rocket. They've been the one dictating terms. They've been the one uh, upsetting the the opposition and and um, and and being on them all over the ice. Well, they haven't faced a, an opponent opponent who likes to do the same kinds of things, and and uh, so it's going to be now. They have the week to to prepare. They they have they have video to watch. Uh, so they know what they're what to expect. It's just if they can prepare and then execute uh, when called on. One of the things that um, all of the all of the teams left, other than Laval, left in the playoffs uh, right now for for the Calder Cup playoffs, uh, it, that they're getting that Laval isn't is reinforcements from the NHL because the teams that are left in the Calder Cup playoffs had parent teams that were still in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, Springfield also benefiting from this, uh, of course, Charlie Lindgren missing the end of the series against Charlotte because he was on emergency recall to St. Louis after Jordan Bennington was injured. So, so yes, he's back now as of the tandem with Joel Hofer. Uh, but Patrick, can you talk a bit about Callie Rosen, uh, who Springfield also sent back, to, uh, excuse me, St. Louis also sent back down to help out Springfield. Pretty much. They got a number one defenseman in this league. They got him back on their roster. That's how I would put it. Um, he's won a Calder cup uh, with Toronto back in 2018. He was, Excellent then. He's been excellent uh, since he came to Springfield this uh, uh, season. And, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, he played nine out of 12 games for St. Louis in the playoffs. So that kind of gives you an element or an idea of, uh, um, you know, what he brings to a lineup. But he, he's, he's one of those guys. I'm a little bit surprised he hasn't stuck full time. Um, he's just, I think, never quite been in the right place. Uh, you know, he was in Toronto when they were kind of, first rebuilding and then when they uh, certainly uh, kind of took off uh, and then he kind of got squeezed out there and then he's in St. Louis and that's a difficult blue line to break into. So, um, yeah, it's a, uh, it, he's, he's a number one defenseman. That's how I would, would describe him. Uh, moves the puck. Well, um, uh, he can eat up 20 to 25 minutes. Um, and, uh, you know, he's been through the test. He's, he's done this in the playoffs recently, you know, four years ago. So, um, that was a major addition. I mean, they, they got their number one goalie back and they got their number one defenseman. So, the, you know, that was a pretty nice haul for the Springfield Thunderbirds. The reinforcements for Springfield will play. The ones that Laval has been getting from junior hockey right. likely won't play. That's, that's, mm-hmm. 
That's a that's a that's very good difference. point. That's a very good point. Um, and Rick and I had talked about this in the in the first segment as well, uh, just talking about the, the fact that we now move to a best of seven series, um, so things could go a little longer. Uh, particularly this one being set up as a two three two, Laval could take advantage of those three home games in the middle of the in the middle of the series. Um, so Patrick, I'll ask you, do you, do you envision this being a series that's going to go the distance or do you think someone could come in and really kind of put the hammer down and, and make this a short series? Well, this is interesting too, because <clears throat> it is the best of seven. So that's a whole different element. And then against Rochester, you had a team that came off a really emotional uh, series that went the distance uh, it was five games, but that ended on a Thursday night by su- Sunday night. They were in Laval all of a sudden, and they played back-to-back nights. So um, they didn't have a lot of time between travel and kind of coming down off that Utica series before they had to jump right into that Laval series. And um, I think the Rocket were able to pounce on them early, and that was a big help for, for the Rocket. Uh, uh, they had had a couple extra days off, and uh, they hadn't had to play Utica, which is a real kind of physical grinding team as well. So, um you know, that was, uh, you know, and they were obviously at home. So that was, uh, I think, a pretty big advantage. They won't have that advantage now going up against Springfield. You have two teams that are going to be extremely well-rested. Springfield wrapped theirs up uh, last uh, Saturday in Charlotte. Uh, so they'll have a full week off. Uh, Laval's going to have 11 days between games. Um, I guess that question then becomes, is that too much time? And then, uh, you know, now you get into a best of seven where I think, you know, once you got Rochester down 2-0, that's just with the best of five. I think that's just a difficult, um, that's such a difficult road to 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 hoe. But um, that's not the case with the best of seven. Um, you go down to O, Obviously, it's not ideal, but especially um, uh, in a best of seven, it, it is doable. And we've seen teams come back from two O series deficit in a best of seven. So uh, I think that's definitely a little bit of a different element. Uh, um, so. Uh, I think that's where um, you'll see this series probably not um, take off as quickly as it did. Remember, too, Laval, Rochester, they, they knew each other well, so there wasn't that you know, that kind of like get, getting acquainted mm-hmm. stage. It was they went right at it. I mean, these are two teams that have played twice all year, and, I mean, you know, for all intents and purposes, between all the roster changes and everything, I mean, they may as well not have played at all, right? So, right. um so there's going to, I think, probably going to be a little bit of that feeling, feeling out process, uh, you know, in that first game. It may even stretch maybe into the second game to some extent. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit, I think, of time just before you even really kind of get down to business in that series. So um, I, I think it goes probably at least six games. I'd be surprised to see anything, you know, fewer than that. So um, that's kind of where I see this series going. So if we shift gears now and and switch to the Western Conference. Um, that is going to be quite a series. Uh, two of the top teams in the league for the entire regular season, uh, and two teams that have been absolutely dominating uh, the playoffs with Stockton Heat and the Chicago Wolves. Rick, I'm going to come to you first on this because before we get kind of the big picture, um, want to talk just a little bit about. The potential for what this goaltender, you know, every there's, of course, out of Montreal, there's a lot of focus on the fact that it's probably going to be Caden Primo versus Charlie Lindgren in the Eastern Conference final series. But 
Stockton Chicago is also a very interesting matchup of Dustin Wolf versus what looks like it's going to be Alex Lyon. Um, two guys who um, have had their shares of uh, of ups and downs. Alex Lyon, our listeners have certainly been well acquainted with him when he played for the for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and was in the Flyers organization, uh, and has had an absolute breakout year with Chicago. And Dustin Wolf, just I mean, setting records and and just playing lights out. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting pair of goaltenders to watch in this series. Oh, for sure. Um, and, and both have been superb uh, so far in the playoffs. Uh, they each have um, six and one records. Um, their goals against is is very close, 182 versus 187. Um, Dustin Wolf has the three shutouts, though. And mm-hmm. so his save percentage is 941 so far in the playoffs. Alex Lyon, nothing to sneeze at there, 926. Uh, both of these goaltenders have been excellent. Uh, but these teams have been excellent and, and uh, dominating in in uh, their run to the playoffs so far. And, you know, we're looking at Alex Lyon, who's an, who's an undrafted goaltender. Dustin Wolf, and, and I'll go to both of you on this, is an interesting story. Um, Patrick, you were pointing this out on Twitter the other day that, you know, there were only three players who were drafted after Dustin Wolf uh, in, in his draft year. Um, that's how late in, in the draft that he went, that he almost went undrafted. Um, but the fact is that all three of us were in the building for that. Um, and, and I think all three of us have some pretty vivid memories of, of watching this young man finally just get under the cut and get drafted just before things were over. Yeah. And you know, I mean, is anybody that's been to the draft knows, um, when you get down to the seventh round, it's usually like on a Saturday afternoon and people are kind of punchy at that point anyway. And, um, you know, the, the GMs, you can see them, they're, they're getting restless. They want to kind of pack up and, uh, you know, hit the road. And obviously the media is uh, there. And I even said on Twitter, like, you know, uh, the arena staff, you know, they're starting to break down some of the, uh, you know, the different, uh, you know, uh, paraphernalia that, that is part of the draft kind of scene there, you know, the, the, the seating, the bleachers and everything. And, um, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting sort of dynamic to watch. It can be kind of actually a little bit sad in, at times, um, you know, because you, you have these players that come there and they get passed over and they go home on un, un, undrafted, right? And so he, like you said, kind of got in right under the wire there, and all he's done ever since is back to back WHL goaltender of the year, and then come in as a rookie to the American Hockey League, win the AHL goalie of the year first team all-star and a member of the all-rookie team. And just for, you know, kind of added measure, he came into the playoffs here. Um, they sweat Bakersfield, a real solid team. They go up against Colorado, uh, another team that had, had swept the Ontario Reign, who were third overall in the regular season. Um, they took them out in four games, and he had three shutouts in, in those games uh, against a team that was second overall in scoring during the regular season and uh, has a lot of weapons. So, um, there's nothing to think uh, that he's shown that anything that he did during the regular season hasn't more than carried over to obviously the higher level of play in the regular season. Biggest test now, though, the Chicago Wolves are just on another level of uh, really kind of any team this league from an offensive standpoint. Um, Andrew Podorowski, Stefan Nason, uh, Josh Lebo, Jack Drury, uh, you know, 
CJ Smith and so on and so forth. And that's just the forwards. Never mind. You get to the blue line. So uh, this is a huge test. And I mean, you know, whether, whether or not they, the Stockton Heat advanced to the finals, he's not going to face a better, um, more balanced attack than he will against the Chicago Wolves. Uh, for him, I think this is the biggest test he'll face during the postseason. Um, we were, we, we were in the building to the last uh, draft pick is is taken in every draft we've been to because mm-hmm. of, um, you know, the, it is it it can be an emotional experience. It can be uh, upsetting where where these these fellows have have expectations and um, you know they 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 want to be drafted. They're there. Uh, in person to be drafted uh, in that draft uh, where Dustin Wolf was taken uh, 214th. Uh, the Canadians had a couple of picks just ahead. Um, 206 was Kieran Roshinsky and uh, a dozen um, picks ahead or so of Dustin Wolf was Raphael Harvey Pinard. And we know how much of an impact he's made. So, um, you know, the, this, these are wonderful stories, getting taken, getting selected in the seventh round and then contributing and, and, and in, a, in a strong way. And, and there's undrafted players uh, as well who, um, you know, th- this is a, a lesson in that this isn't, um, your career isn't over if, uh, if um, uh, you're passed over in the draft um, or if you're taken at the end of a draft. It's. I, I think that's one of the the things that we enjoy the most of of following what happens in a draft is is because um, where you're selected in the draft doesn't necessarily paint the picture of what's going to happen in your in your career ahead. It's it's what you make of it. It's the opportunities that you're given. Um, and so this is. I, I think this is turning into. Um, we were even talking about this before the show started that all four goaltenders that are left. Um, it, it's a very similar picture. Caden Primo was a seventh rounder. Charlie Lindgren was undrafted. Alex Lyon was undrafted. Dustin Wolf was third to last in his in in that draft class. So this is a story of four goaltenders who have carved their path uh, to a very big stage now and are just one step away from playing for a Calder Cup championship. So um, anyone that tells you that the AHL is uh, boring or doesn't have great stories uh then they uh, obviously haven't paid much attention to the ahl it's 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 stuff like this that just makes it fascinating to follow uh and cover all year long um do we do you see so do would you both agree that that stockton chicago could probably be a knockdown drag out long kind of six to seven game series yeah um seven i, I would go with seven i mean I've not seen anything from either team to make me think um, that they're capable of anything less than that. I mean, in a lot of ways, they're they're very similar teams as well. I mean, um, strong, strong blue lines. Um, Obviously, the offensive talent is there. I'll give the edge to Chicago in that regard. And then in that, I mean, Alex Lyon versus Dustin Wolf, uh, for me, is kind of just a toss-up at this point, Um, you know, that will just come down to execution. And then obviously two of the best coaches in the league, uh, Mitch Love, one uh, coach of the year, first year coach coming in. And then Ryan Warsawski already uh, won a Calder Cup back in 2019 with Charlotte as the assistant 
played a huge role in that win. And now obviously he's running his own show in Chicago. And uh, the two of them are, are two of the top, uh, I think, candidates or future NHL jobs uh, at some point. So um, there's, uh, you know, everything you'd want from a team to, between the real high quality veterans. And then obviously the fantastic prospects. I mean, they, they check those boxes. So, and just a point to add to you um, that, you know, people that, you know, think the AHL is boring. This league is anything but boring. <laughs> I didn't tell you that. That's right. Um, anything where, you know, the rosters change as much as they do. And, and you know, uh, you don't know from, from day to day what you're doing, dealing with, um, you know, and then just the unpredictability of young players, right? You know, these are players that are 20, 21, 22 years old in a lot of cases. Um, you look at a player sometimes in October and a player maybe in April or May or even June, Sometimes it almost seems like it's a different different player. The amount of growth and um, confidence that they build over the course of that seven or eight months um, is is considerable. And then you sort of you multiply that across you know number of players on our roster, and you know so what you have at the start of the year versus what you have at the end of the year, is, it's not like the NHL where it's a little bit more static. Uh, this is a league that's kind of always changing, and uh, that's what certainly keeps you on your toes. And I'll just say for uh, Chicago and, and, and Stockton are the class of the league. And if those two uh, teams had met in the final, if they could meet in the final for a call, uh, it would be a, it would be a wonderful final. Um, If you're a Springfield or a Laval, you've got to be hoping that they're, they're two gladiators that are going to (laughs) take a chunk out of each other, you know, um, because it doesn't matter who um, who emerges, uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for either Springfield or LaBelle. Absolutely. I think what we do know is for the next week or, or more, we're going to all be treated to some pretty entertaining hockey, um, and uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Patrick Williams, thank you for taking some time yet again to join us for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. We love having you as part of the Rocket Sports Media crew uh, and for your insight, and uh, good luck this week. We'll, uh, we'll all be watching and seeing how everything unfolds. Thank you. Well, Rick, it's going to be, um, you know, we always say how competitive and how much fun it is to watch AHL hockey. Uh, it's it's a it's a great version of hockey. It's a very competitive league. But boy, these two series, um, particularly how Patrick helped us paint us paint the picture there in the hot stove. Uh, this is we're in for some very entertaining hockey. I think. And it's good to hear about uh, the Western Conference. Yeah, uh, Chicago and Stockton, who are two superb teams, and. Uh, uh, that that who comes out of that fight is going to be um, ready for a, a Calder Cup final. It's it's going to be absolutely tremendous. Uh, so, of course, uh, thank you again to Patrick for for joining us on the show. If you're not uh, if you're not following him on Twitter, make sure you're doing that at p williams ahl. Um, and uh, as I had said before, Patrick joined us. Make sure you're following at the ahl report on Twitter. Uh, we will have live in-game coverage of every Laval Rocket game, uh, as we do all regular season. We uh, we're not a we're not a bandwagon uh, jumper as far as the media goes. We're there day in and day out covering the Laval Rocket, and we'll continue to do so throughout the playoffs. Uh, our Chris G, of course, will be in the building in the press box in Plos, at Plas Bell for the home games. Uh, I'll have coverage for uh, the road games, of course. 
Um, and also be sure you bookmark AHLReport.com. That's where we'll have the full comprehensive game recaps after each game, uh, including post-game audio um, with interviews uh, with players and uh, Coach Uhl after each game. The lineup for uh, for the rest of this week, game one is Saturday night in Springfield at 7.35 p.m., uh, game two is less than 24 hours later. It's a 5 p.m. start on Sunday. So back-to-back games for games one and two on the road for Laval. Uh, it's going to be pretty electrifying. Uh, you don't want to miss a minute of it. Uh, also be sure to uh, check out uh, the other features on AHLReport.com. Chris, uh, speaking of Chris G, he had a Rocket Notepad article this week, which gets you kind of all caught up with how things ended in the final in in the last series uh gives you all the important news and and things to look forward to there uh be sure you're also checking out the canadians connection podcast rick you uh you and chris and michael spinella two weeks ago you evaluated what could be done on the back end in the blue line for the montreal canadians next uh next season and this past week you ventured into the forward core that's right how how are the Canadians going to introduce a new elite prospects to their, we expect it'll be a forward, to their forward core? And who's going to play with um, Nick Suzuki and, and Cole Caulfield? The, the other thing we, we had a little fun with was how could the Montreal Canadiens be able to choose, um, they, they have a number one pick, uh, but how could they choose one too? How could they acquire the New Jersey Devils uh, second overall pick. So um, we had a little fun with that. You're going to want to listen to it. You're going to want to subscribe for the rest of the summer. Uh, that's CanadiansConnection.fm. Absolutely. And speaking of subscribing, uh, have you joined us on YouTube yet? If you haven't, you are missing out. Uh, we have continue to have droves of people signing up and subscribing to the All Habs YouTube channel. Uh, you to uh, to watch our weekly show there comes out every Thursday. It's called Habs Hockey Report. I host that every week on the All Habs YouTube channel. We cover the Canadians. We cover the Laval Rocket. We bring you exclusive interviews there that you won't find anywhere else. Uh, and we do a lot of fan interaction as well. Uh, I've got some great responses to this week's uh, question of the week. Uh, and so if you haven't checked that out yet, be sure to do so at youtube.com slash allhabs. Hit the subscribe button while you're there. Uh, it's a lot of fun and uh, I'd love to love to have you join join us. Uh, and Rick. And what I, was the question of the week? You know, I heard you. I, I, I heard <laughs> you on the Canadians Connection podcast yes. putting in your two cents yes. about my question of the There's week. There's only it's, one answer. Well, no, there are more. There is way. There is. Your answer is very is a very important one, but there's additional ones as well. I, see. I call the, the the our my question of the week on Habs Hockey Report is is what I call the feedback forum. Um, and so this past week, the question is uh, if there if you could only if you were given the power to change an NHL rule, but you could only choose one, what would that be? And Rick has very strong feelings yes. about this. Yeah, I have to go to the Canadians Connection to, to <laughs> hear what I chose. And I do. And there is only one one. Yeah, there well, is only one few. response to that. There's a few. We had some good responses from some fans that we're going to read on this week's show. I also have a very strong opinion on it. You'll have to watch last week's episode of Habs Hockey Report to hear what mine is. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And I owe every single week that I have put out a question to viewers because uh, I love just learning the things that our fans 
uh, think and feel and 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 enjoy about the game. So check that out. Check out the Canadians Connection podcast. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the good weather. And enjoy some Eastern Conference final hockey. We will be back here with you again next Tuesday to get you all caught up and where we stand uh, and where the Laval, the Laval Rocket stands after the first two games of their series uh, next Tuesday right here on another great episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.